the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of the UCW Radio Show. This is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Coparis, and I want to thank all of our listeners for their continued support just by listening to the show. We are doing some great things at the UCW Radio Show. We're adding new content. We're adding new segments. We have a lot of great guests coming on the show. We're fortunate for that. And we also are working on increasing the syndication. So it's going to get very interesting. We're aligned with some great projects. So, you know, this week should be an interesting week with news announcements. Uh, In just a little while, we're going to have one of the co-founders. Uh, probably the top mixed martial arts promotion in Canada today uh, from top quality fighters, merchandise, television, and their fan base. I mean, man, his group has it all covered. But before we bring uh, our guest on, I need to say a couple things. Uh, as of a couple weeks ago, we are the official um, host of the Ultimate Body Radio Show, which is directly linked to the Ultimate Body Reality Show. That's a new reality show coming uh, from coming out of the mind of David Lyons. He is a great producer. He produced uh, Hog Heaven, the uh, reality um, biker show, the animated feature Creepers. Uh, he's just a great all-around guy, and he was smart. He brought in someone that was very proficient in the reality show realm, and that's producer Lauren Alvarez. And if you don't know who she is, you know some of her projects, which include The Surreal Life and The Osbournes, Meet My Folks, and so on. Now, The Ultimate Body is is probably the most intense reality show that you're going to have on TV, uh, more so than The Biggest Loser. And the reason I say this is because you have, you have 13 men and 13 women pushing themselves beyond the brink, beyond the brink. Okay, to have that ultimate physique, and you have some really, you have some really interesting people attached to the show. Uh, the guest judges include IFBB Hall of Famer Rich Gaspari, uh, the Natural Mr. Universe, Mr. America, and Mr. California Doug Burns. He's also an amazing guy. Uh, the host of the show is going to be Bob Chicharello, and then you have IFBB Bikini Pro, and she's a top fitness model. She's also the um, the official uh, spokesmodel for Gaspari Nutrition, Marcia Prince, she's also a great person. Uh, the thing is with this show, as intense as it is, I mean, if you're looking to get yourself in great shape and you're looking to be a part of something, this is probably the show for you. Uh, I mean, where else can you go live in a mansion for about 12 to 13 weeks, rent-free, get free food, vitamins, everything, personal trainer, doctor, uh, chiropractor, the whole nine yards. You know, your only uh, mission is to get into the best bodybuilding shape that you can that you can, you can get into. And if you win, you win 50 grand a piece. A guy wins it, a girl wins it, 50 grand. Also, you get a spread in Muscle Mag International, the magazine. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, but here goes the bad news for everyone. Uh, the final casting call is on October 17th. That's on a Saturday from 11 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night. And that's at the Ramada Orlando Celebration Resort and Convention Center. That's located at 635 West Earlo Bronson Highway, Kissimmee, Florida. And the, your best bet is to go and download the application. And you can find that at 
www.theultimatebodytvshow.com and you, you can go there and download the application, find out more about the reality show. And when I say this, and I say this being unbiased, let me just pull myself out of the picture for a second, that this, the Ultimate Body reality show is one of those reality shows that will be here today, that will be here in a year, in the next five years, I believe for the next decade, because it is doing so, some great things for, great, for people, putting them in the best shape of their lives. Okay, and they also have the opportunity to become reality show stars. Hey, it's better than being on, 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 on some on some of these other reality shows that are out there that make you look ridiculous. At least this way, you will look like a champ. Because everyone, even win, lose, or draw, you leave a champ, and that's the beauty of this show. So that's the Ultimate Body TV Show dot com. We are going to be hosting the Ultimate Body Radio Show, and we will let out information as uh, time goes on uh, but on October 17th you go to the show I mean to the uh, final audition and the long and short of it you're gonna see all the uh, the cast member there the cast members everyone's gonna be there the producers uh, and it's first come first serve I mean I, I assume that it's gonna be a ultra packed house and on top of that hey I'll be there too so uh, you come see me shake my hand and say hello and I'd appreciate that so the one person that comes to see me I'll be happy <laughs> All right, now we have to go into something else. Uh, celebrity boxing. Uh, there, there's a new celebrity boxing event that's that's going to be going on, and actually, it's for a great cause. This is um, this is supporting the Now More Than Ever Fund, that Stephen Baldwin's fund, and that's supporting our troops. And that is going to be a big event. It's it's really something you have to be part of. They they actually put. Uh, I guess pre-media tickets on sale, and it's a great package because you're you're able to be a part of the after party, the event, you get VIP seating, the whole nine yards, and it's pretty reasonable, pretty reasonable. Now the show is going to, and this is supporting our troops, as I said, it's supporting our troops, and you, you can find out more by going to mycelebrityboxing.com. Now the event's on Wednesday, February 3rd, 2010, and it's at the over 8,000 seat. Uh, Bank Atlantic Center Arena in Sunrise, Florida, and the high, the main event is Chris Gambino versus Stephen Baldwin. Now that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Um, so again, the website is mycelebrityboxing.com. Uh, definitely a must-attend event for anyone that is looking to support our troops or that loves boxing. So it should be interesting. Uh, now I want also to let our listeners know that uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can give us a call, leave your questions or comments. Even if for our guests, if you want to do that, just go to ucwmagazine.com and you can see who we're going to have on the show. We have a little calendar there so you know who's going to be on the show. Just give us a buzz at 323-952-4369. Leave us your message, uh, your question, whatever it is. We have really interesting guests on the show. Um, so this is your opportunity to be a part of the UCW radio show. And, uh, and something else I need to add to this, that we have opened the doors for sponsorship partnerships. So sponsors that are out there that want to sponsor the show, get involved, feel free to do so. Call us at 323-952-4369. Again, that's 323-952-4369. Or go to our website at ucwmagazine.com and align yourself with the UCW radio show. It's, it's a great thing for you because we're continuing to grow. And it's better to get involved with us now 
well, for, for you anyway, <laughs> then if you come to us in a, in a year's time or six months' time, because the dynamics will change. So you want to build that relationship with us as soon as you as soon as you can. And uh, if you're on Twitter, you can shoot me out some questions or comments uh, while we're live. Uh, actually, if we're live, we're, or even if we're not live, uh, you can shoot out your comments for our guest. If you have questions for me, you can do that as well. Uh, and if the comments or questions are interesting enough, they'll be included in the show when we have our guest on. Now, my Twitter name is Louis Velasquez. That's L-O-U-I-S-V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. So follow me and tweet away. Now, I also want to remind our listeners to keep in tune with the top mixed martial arts organization in the New England area. That's Cage Fighting Extreme, or CFX for short. Uh, it's run by, I, I call her the matriarch of mixed martial arts, Linda Shields. She runs a great promotion, great fighters, great people attached to it. And I'll tell you this much, each and every event they have, they overflow, which means they overpack the house. They sell out. So this is an organization you want to keep your eyes on. Okay, and th this is one of those MMA organizations that, that hold their fighters sponsors, vendors, and especially their fans in the highest regard. Now this is the sign, these are the signs of a great promoter. And so you want to keep on top of that. And the website is cagefx.com. Definitely keep on in tune to them. Now talking about great promoters, let's bring on one of the co-founders of Warrior One MMA or better known as W1. Here is Jack Bateman. <laughs> Jack, it's great to have you on the UCW radio show. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning to talk to you about what's going on. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, you're more than welcome. You know, we always, I say this every show. Uh, look, I really appreciate the time that our guests put aside for us because everyone's busy. You have a big event coming up, and you have a lot of stuff going on, so I do appreciate you uh, taking out this little bit of time to uh, let our listeners know what's going on. Uh, um, Jack, I know... That you have some exciting things to talk about today, but what I want to do first is give some broad strokes to our listeners about you, so they get a little more familiar with you. Because you know you're not just a, an, an MMA promoter. Uh, you went from being the youngest licensed electrician in the entire province of Ontario, Canada, to, to becoming a high, and you probably laugh about that, but becoming to becoming a high-level competitor on on the Ontario uh, Canada Jiu-Jitsu circuit. And now you're the CEO of not only Premier Entertainment, but you're also the co-founder of the mixed martial arts organization Warrior One MMA. So before we get into your, to, to your current status, what's going on right now, what I like to do is talk about your journey to this point because I think it's interesting how you went from one point to where you are right now. I mean, how did you become the youngest electrician in the entire province of Ontario? How did you do that? You know, it's, it's funny. I've never been asked these questions uh, in the in the fight business before. But um, you know, the the uh, the licensed electrician thing was well. My 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 whole family's been been tradesmen for seventy five years in in the Toronto area. Okay. And uh, I got into uh, my my father always told me if you if you're going to get into a trade, become an electrician because they make twice as much and they work half as hard. So I thought that sounded good to me. <laughs> so I got into uh, I got into electrical. Um, you know, right out of high school, basically, and 
And uh, with it, in Ontario, it's a five-year apprenticeship. You have to do 10,000 hours and all that sort of stuff. And and uh, it was just, for me, it was just timing. I, I started early enough, uh, and when I was able to finish, uh, I wrote the, the exam um, within days of finishing uh, with the schooling and, and, and finishing my hours. And uh, at the time, and it may have been only for the for a day, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, at the time, I was the uh, the youngest electrician in, in, uh, in Ontario. So... It was, uh, you know, I, I've always been um, someone who couldn't work for somebody else, mm-hmm. and uh, so I started my electrical business, and I still own the electrical business, and I've been running it now for, for nearly 12 years. Oh, wow. But l- let me ask you, so just, just out of curiosity, because I know, you know, uh, I'm, in, I'm based in the United States, in case anyone was uh, questioning that. <laughs> um, but, you know, in the U.S., obviously, I, different states have different rules, but you now, do you have a, a union, an electrical union, union in uh, Canada? Uh, of course they do. Yeah, we okay. have uh, um, all, all all kinds of unions. Obviously, the electrical union is here. I was never a, a union guy because I was self-employed, okay. um, and I was of course trying to keep unions from coming into my companies. Yeah, but uh, I don't blame um, you. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, being an electrician is, is uh, in 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 Canada is is quite a bit different than uh, being an electrician in in the United States. Um, in the United States, I, I believe you have. Uh, sort of sub-trades within being a, an electrician. So you'll have uh, somebody who does connections and somebody who runs pipe and, and things like that. Whereas uh, in Canada, you you kind of do it all. So it's um, it's a possibly a little bit more extensive uh, as far as the learning process. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a good trade, and I, and I enjoy it. And it's, it's, uh, it's been a good moneymaker for, for my, whole, my whole life so far. Yeah, so. It's a lifelong thing, which, I mean, you'll continue to do that until you can't do it any longer. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's good stuff. You know, I want to touch on that. I know, you know, usually when you get um when you go on a show and they're talking about mixed martial arts and so on and so forth that they're asking you about fight questions and what's going on here, what's going on there. We're going to get to that later. What I want to do is basically paint a picture of your life so that our listeners can actually, you know, adhere to you because I think your journey is pretty amazing and what you've done and and actually how things develop because you weren't just looking for things to happen. So, you know, we're going to start, you know, with your training. You were trained in jiu-jitsu. You know, how did you get, how did you kind of step into training in jiu-jitsu? Did you get into a fight? Did you get beat up or something? Did you, did you, got you know, yeah. <laughs> that's I, a typical uh, story. That's why I even say it. it. You know, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what's funny is I, I've actually never been in a, in a, in a fight outside of, uh, outside of the gym. Um, I was uh, in a a long-term relationship when I was a young, young man, you know, in my late teens and early twenties, and and I'd broken up with the girl, and and uh, basically was just looking for something to fill my time, okay. and um, you know, I was uh, I became friends with uh, with Terry Riggs, who uh, who runs Warrior Miss uh, Martial Arts Center in in Newmarket, where where I'm from, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just you know one day I just went in there and decided to to give it a shot, and you know, eight years later, here we are. That's, 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 that's interesting, but you know, but when you were were training at uh, what Warrior One, when you were doing that, now you also started competing a little bit. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty heavy into the uh, into the jujitsu circuit uh, all across Canada, and and um, you know, I traveled out to Montreal or or sometimes down into Ohio and things like that to do uh, some of the tournaments, and uh, I tra- trained for or competed, I guess, for about. Four years um, in, in the circuit, and uh, um, you know, I did 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 well enough. And uh, um, you know, I I like jujitsu. It's a uh, to me, it's um, 
it's kind of like playing chess and mm-hmm. and uh it's a kind of a thinking man sport and right. and uh you don't get punched in the face which I'm not particularly good at so you know it was a, it was a good sport for me <laughs> well that, that's that, that is true though yeah I know a little bit about jiu jitsu uh but l- let me ask you this jack now I'm not ask you I want to say you know you you also you know won the uh, Canadian Jiu Jitsu Association fourth round tournament in 2006 that that is that is true. We have um, they had a uh, an organization that, that that was that put together. They had four four sort of tournaments, and and then you had to uh, place in each of those tournaments to get invited to the to the finals, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and um, and then I won that uh, that tournament and and was uh, I guess technically national champion for that year. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. But then you know, shortly after that, uh, something uh, tragic happened to you. Yeah, well, you know, when 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 you're a 170 pound guy and you cut down to 140 pounds to fight in tournaments, uh, sometimes it takes its toll on your body. Um, I was actually training quite um, like right after the tournament, and, and it takes time for your body to sort of come back from a weight cut like that. And I was training with a guy who was about 220 pounds, and it it's was, a big, it was a, a big difference. <laughs> yeah, you're talking a pretty massive difference there. Yeah. And and it was a sort of a trip up, and he fell, and he landed on me, and he and he. Um, just sort of xylophoned all my ribs on the on my left hand side, wow. and um, so it broke all of my ribs. But the, the problem was that it also broke the cartilage, which means that it, it really hasn't healed. And we're talking, you know, three four years later now, and mm-hmm. my lib, my ribs still sit there and float. You can still feel them sort of floating around. Mm-hmm. So it, um, <laughs> it it kind of ended my uh, my my career as a as a competitor, uh, right. just because I can't get stacked up or. Or really have anybody on top of me uh, for extended periods of time without uh, creating a tremendous amount of pain in my in my sternum. So um, it kind of really ended my uh, my competitive jujitsu, and and that's kind of really the turning point for me from from being competitor to to being promoter because you know I always wanted to be a promoter uh, just to, you know as a dream, right. but when 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 my jujitsu uh, career sort of ended, I said to myself, how am I going to stay in this sport now? Because I, I can, you know, I can train lightly, but I can't really, you know, do what I want to do in this sport anymore. So but, I thought to myself, do you start a gym? Do we, what do you do? You but, know? But, but before we, before we get into that, before we get into that, that thing, I want to talk about your ribs because I find that it sounds very painful. Okay. So now even, cause I know, so yeah, like when you get injured, like even me, I've injured my shoulder. So it's taken me a long time to heal. Uh, we had uh, Natural Mr. Universe, Doug Burns, on the show uh, not too long ago, and he ripped something in his shoulder, and the doctor said it would take him about five years to heal, so it does take time. So, But now you, your, your, your ribs are floating around. Yeah, well, what it is is that as the the ribs attach to the sternum, there's a it's all cartilage in the front edge there, and so mm-hmm. what's happened is the ribs are actually not attached uh, at the at the cartilage there, and uh, and if you actually put your hand on my 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 sternum, you can actually feel the ribs sort of moving around and, and crunching around. Not and cool. uh, you know, after four years, the the nerves the, uh, have sort of been burnt off, I guess. So it's not quite as painful as it used to be. But um, you know, you you, you concern yourself with if you took a, a blow to that area, you know, you don't want a rib breaking off and sticking it into your lungs. So. No, no, that that'd be a problem. Especially you know, fighting, yeah, any woman you're with. I don't know if you're married, and if you are, well, 
<laughs> you know, but if you're, you're with, uh, you have to be careful doing that too when you're having a quote unquote relation. So <laughs> <laughs> that's some rough stuff that you're getting into, my friend. Yeah, we got, I guess that's a story for another show. But, uh, but yeah, but that, that's, um, you know, that sounds, I've never heard of that. You know that that that's that's wild. Yeah, you know it's it's not good when you go to the specialist and he and he puts his hand there and he feels it and goes, "What the hell is that?" Wow. <laughs> you know, and I I don't like to hear that from specialists. You know, so uh, basically the, the 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 resolution for this is is surgery that I I can't afford to take the time to 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 be out of out of work and you know as an electrician uh, which I still do. Um, it's uh, you know I I can't be uh, working uh, in construction with with. Uh, with broken, uh, you know, or without uh, coming out of surgery or or taking that time off to heal, I just it just can't happen. So I just have to leave it until uh, until my situation changes. Maybe maybe Warrior One will take over, and I won't have to do the electrical thing as much anymore, and right. and then I can uh, I can afford to get that done. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. And even when they do the surgery, you you can be out for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. So all right, that, that's I just want to touch on that because I never heard of that. Um and that's you know, actually I'm feeling my ribs like I just don't need that problem. <laughs> I have enough problems. But now you went from you went from competing and you at some point you were actually, you know, you you had to you said you had to figure out what to do because you couldn't compete anymore, and you started going traveling all over the world, working with MMA guys uh, from Pride and UFC and things of that nature. But and you doing that, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But in you doing that, you found something really odd about the current state of MMA and some of the promoters out there. Um, can can you tell us more about that? Because I find that interesting because that was a catalyst for you starting Warrior One. Absolutely. You know, I I, I traveled to. All around uh, to all kinds of different organizations, uh, both uh, you know in, in corners of people, and so I'm, I'm really seeing sort of both sides of of what goes on with these promotions, and um, from a fighter's perspective and from the owner's perspective, and um, you know I'm not going to name any names, but there's there's so many companies out there that are just um, you know they're either run by the mob or they're they're you know affiliated to, they're kind of slime bags a lot of these guys you know and uh i really wanted to 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 start a company that was for the fighters by the fighters type thing mm -hmm. and um you know i i think that that's what we've done is is we our goal was to really to bring a, a a company together that that the fighters could be comfortable and and proud to fight for and uh and were treated properly and and you know there's never any any pay issues and there's not you know we 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 cover travel we cover all these different things and we just try to 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 be sort of as as business like as possible and really make this a a proper business as opposed to as opposed to just some slime bag thrown on uh, thrown on fights, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of organizations out there that actually just put together an event to 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 do it and to make money and then call it a day. They're not so much worried about the fighters. They're not so much worried about the fans. They just want to make sure they rake in as much money as possible and then call it a day. You know, I I, I don't find that that's the proper thing to do in boxing or MMA or or any uh, type of thing like that, you know, when it comes to what's going any on. Any business at all. Yeah, in really. any business, because you, what you're doing, you're you're kind of, you know, you're like a shot in the dark. You know, you're going in, it's like you're, you're, you're going in, doing, taking your thing, and you're disappearing, and you're not giving any value to the fans, because they're seeing it one time, and then, you know, that's it. No more. <laughs> that's exactly right, you know, and, and it comes down to, 
sometimes maybe I'm not I, I may not be the best promoter because I, I just this past week we we lost one of our opponents for for somebody and and we were trying to replace him and I was talking to a guy and and I actually talked him out of taking the fight because I didn't feel like it was going to be good for his you know for his uh, his position that he was looking to go into and mm-hmm. and you know it's not necessarily good because you know now we're struggling to find you know opponents for these guys but I, I really don't you know these a lot of these guys are my friends I've known you know a lot of these guys for for years and years and and you don't want to see these guys going in and getting hurt or making bad business decisions either you know so i want to i think that part of our our why our show is so exciting is because we make sure that we really pay attention to to the matchups and make sure that those are are going to be really exciting matchups and and that they're fair fights and that they could go either way and you're going to see very very little um you know, of a, a fights from us where where you're gonna come in and say, well, that guy's definitely going to win. It just it just doesn't. Um, we just don't do that. Well, no, I, I liked what you're saying because I like that you brought that up because uh, basically what you're doing, and I just want to let our listeners know what you're doing is you, you put you like Warrior One. It's a business, but what you're doing, you're bringing the fighters in. And you're treating them with the respect they deserve, but you're also putting them in a position of saying, okay, yeah, you know, Joe Fighter 1, Joe Fighter 2, you know, you guys are fighters for Warrior 1, but at the same time, you know, we want to make sure that, that we're doing the right thing by, by you so that you're marketable. So if you wanted to go and fight for somewhere else, that you're, you're keeping your, uh, I guess, keeping your reputation on a higher plane as opposed to going out there and just, you know, fighting for the money. You know, um, and and that that's a big difference when you go out there and you're like a hired gun to go and and uh, go out there and fight anywhere. Because if you look at UFC, one thing that that UFC has done, which I I like, what they've done as of late, what Dana White did, is that he actually you know has the Ultimate Fighter TV show, and the only way you can get into UFC is going through that channel. Exactly, and and really for us, we, we're. Um, trying to be a channel as well, right. and uh, not necessarily to, to the UFC, but it might be to Dream or Sengoku or Strike Force. Mm-hmm. But um, what we're what we're looking to do is to be the conduit to the A level shows. We like to. I don't have any interest in being competition to any one of those that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we really just want to be uh, to help guys get to the next level and by by helping for instance well i i bring carlos and carlos has, has been you know semi-retired for for several years and mm-hmm. and uh, kind of lost his love for the sport mostly because of of you know slimy promoters and all that right. kind of stuff and, and let, let me just interrupt you for a second just so, so our listeners know that's carlos newton that you're talking about i apologize okay. yes <laughs> carlos newton he was the uh, the first uh, canadian UFC uh, champion, uh, and George St. Pierre has uh, his belt, which he won from Matt Hughes, which Matt Hughes won from Carlos. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a little bit of the background there. Okay. But um, uh, yeah, so somebody like Carlos who may be looking back to get back into the into the A level games, um, we we now offer uh, sort of that that level of competition that he needs to prove that he's that he's able to, to, to fight in, in these types of levels. So, um, you know, really, in, in the end, what we're looking to have is, um, I'm a fighter, I'm coming up through the, through the ranks, mm-hmm. I need to be in Warrior 1 to get to for Strike Force, for instance. Right. And that's, and that's what we're looking to do. 
but that, that that's excellent because what you're doing, you're providing that platform for a fighter instead of them, you know, trying so hard to go into the UFC or go to, to, to wherever they need to go, strike force, whatever it is, they're going through your organization, they're getting themselves groomed to be a true professional in the sport. Exactly. Okay, exactly. and not not uh, a hired gun because look, and I'm going to say this, like you see the open fighter, and I keep touching on that because I like what they did with it. But you see uh, who they have on there now. That's uh, that 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 they were running through the ranks. Um, oh man, they, keep, they bring a Kimbo in there. Yeah, Kimbo slice. Sorry, so they they, yep. they put him in there because you know he was out there. You know, fighting and knocking people out for organizations that went out of business. Great, yep. you're knocking people out, people out, but you know something? Does that make you a brawler, or are you going to be a true mixed martial artist? I'm I'm glad that they forced him to go through that channel, because no, no, they, nothing's to say that hey, you know what, that he'll make it. But there, there, he has the same opportunity as anyone else would. But he has to be well-rounded, and I love that 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 they're doing that. Absolutely, and it's uh, it's good to see. It's good. It's good for Kimbo. Um, you know, I, I don't know how how he did on the show, but um, uh, you know, I, honestly, I hope that he does do well because he, he I think he's been training pretty hard, and yeah. and from what I've seen on the show, he's, he's, he looks like he's doing his wrestling and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Now, maybe it's premature sh- having him in there. Um, you know, I think he's got a a fight with uh, with Big Country coming up, and that's you know, to me, that's a that's a pretty tough fight. Um, uh, but um, you know, it's it's definitely a, a good grooming ground, and and yeah. if if we can get guys from our organization onto the Ultimate Fighter show, even you know, yeah. if that's if that's the direction that they want to go, then then you know, this is definitely would be a proving ground, and and you know, I don't know for sure, but I would hope that guys like Joe Silva, the matchmaker for the UFC, would have his eye on on our organization and looking to see how guys are doing oh. and uh well i think that you know the ufc and even uh the strike force that came out you know i mean just look I, i'm just going to touch on this because there was an organization that came out and I, the reason i'm bringing this up so people understand that it's not how much money you have is the quality of what you have that affliction came out at had uh i think trump's son he was behind it doing that they put the money into it and it failed yeah you know so once, one, was... one stupid move which put him in a position and the UFC said okay well come little baby we'll take you in and goodbye <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know I, I don't know what to tell you about about affliction uh, Tom Atencio the uh, the owner of affliction is uh, uh, is a good friend of of our company, and mm-hmm. and I I, I I learned a lot from from the mistakes that they made. Right. Um. And that's part of what I do is I I really watch mm-hmm. the other organizations to see what they're doing, what works, and what doesn't work. And and um to to come in to this sport and try and go head to head with somebody like the UFC without the grassroots foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're standing on a single stilt, and it's just a matter of time before you before you fall over. And and I think that that's really what happened. I couldn't agree with you more. That's why I said, it, you know, it was an organization. I mean, you got to love the name Affliction. They had their line. They had everything, all the little components together. But it's kind of like you know, in wrestling, everyone on the planet, on on this whole entire planet, they think wrestling. They think WWE. Period. The end. You, you, I mean, there were a couple of times we had organizations that tried to go head to head, and you know what happened? Whoop! They went out, they got gobbled up by the WWE because they are the creme de la creme in professional wrestling, and and mixed martial arts, 
This is the way it is, you know. Dana White, he he went through a lot of stuff over the past ten years with the organization to build it up, to build it up to where he is. So he deserves everything he's getting. He do, he deserves all the credit. He deserves even all the props that I give him because he's done 100%. something. He's done something for the fighters. He took them out of fighting uh and and, and backyards and in basements to taking them to. To, to to Hollywood for all intents and purposes because he created a billion dollar industry, uh, you know, with the organization. He opened up those doors. He was they the, the they, they created the sport absolutely. Yeah. They created the sport. Yep. They created the industry. Yep. They've um and they and are absolutely right. And and it's not like it was easy for them. You know, no. they were they were over forty million dollars in debt at one point. Yep. That that and, that was way back in the mid nineties where they yeah. had when when you had uh, Semaphore Entertainment and when they owned them. I know a little bit about that, but you know, um, but they they had that organization. And, and they were developing it. They were getting a lot of uh, opposition from all the states. But what that did, and you know, granted, they had to go through the struggle. But they needed to that. They needed that struggle because all the opposition, from, oppositions from the states in the United States, they had to change how the fight went. So every time something happened, they had to tweak this, change that, change the rules, do this, and you know something, it made it a better sport. No, no, no question at all. It used to, you know, back in the in the early nineties, it was I I couldn't watch it. It was gross. No, you knock and, somebody's and, teeth out and you keep going. Nah, that, yeah. hit them, you know, groin shots and all that stuff. It was terrible. And mm-hmm. and uh, with all the pressures from, uh, you know, the senators and all those people that were were trying to uh, to to get rid of this sport, it 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 really forced it to turn into to the sport that you see today. And mm-hmm. and I yeah, I've never I love the sport that it is today. I think it's fantastic. And I I think a lot of, some of the hardcore guys. Uh, from back in the day, don't like where where it is today. But but um, you know, if if it hadn't gone this direction, there's just no way that I'd be sitting here talking no. to you on the radio today. No, not not at all. And, and it evolved. That that's the that's the key word. There was an evolution process because if you look, and I and I keep touching on pro wrestling because they they went along the same lines way back when the Bruno San Martino days. You had all these guys wrestling with the cauliflower ears. Even though everything is, is a stage, they were doing a lot of shoot fighting, and people were actually, you know, a lot of things were happening physically. You were getting your ears ripped off. Things happened. But then it evolved to what it is today. Sports entertainment, period, the end. That, that's what they're doing. Okay. And, and a billion-dollar industry. And well. a billion-dollar industry. So now you take the WWE, the billion-dollar Vince McMahon. You know, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about him. I've had nothing but nice things to say about him only due to the fact that he is probably one of the hardest working men in in uh, sports entertainment beyond the yeah, wrestlers and, 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 and yeah and, absolutely and and i think that you're you're going to look at dana white in the same light no no doubt um, I, I was just gonna, i, I, I was just going to say that that he is he's probably the hardest working man in mma for everything he's done with him and his team and he wasn't absolutely. a solo act it was him and his team but he developed something fantastic and it actually as you said it opened up doors for Warrior One and as well as other organizations. There's an organization in uh, Massachusetts, and believe it or not, it's, it's run by a woman, Linda Shields. She's doing a fantastic job with, with Cage FX over there, and that is along the lines of Warrior One. It's very interesting, but it you know the UFC actually opened up the doors for certain organizations to open up and flourish, and you know, it's, it's okay to be a feeder organization for the UFC. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, and and really, um, the UFC will really needs a company that's like mine, mm-hmm. um, because if you don't have companies like mine, then they don't have any fights when they get to to get to the UFC. You know, right. Right. 
So it's uh, you know this is uh, this is we are the foundation that the UFC is built on, um, even though it was built from the top down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's definitely it's a it's a strange business, and and uh, you know I don't necessarily agree with everything that that the UFC does, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, you know, everything that they do is scrutinized, so it's it's difficult to 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 be right all of the time. I'm sure there's things that that I've done that you know that get passed uh, uh, by the wayside that no one even notices. But if I was DOC, that would be you know headline news. Oh you know? no, no so, doubt about it. But when you're when you're the front man or the front organization in an industry, you will be criticized, scrutinized, and everybody will look at you crooked because you're in the spotlight. But you know something? At the end of the day, UFC, what have they done? They they've created such a marketing machine. And Dana White, he was on CNBC not too long ago talking about uh, the UFC gyms they're going to start launching. And that's going to be throughout the world. They're going to have gyms yep. where you work out and you're, you're doing mixed martial arts and all that other stuff. So it becomes very interesting because he created a vehicle that can also give the fighters. They, they, he has given the fighters an opportunity to create a business within his business. Exactly. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, and and they're they're doing more things than just the gym. For instance, I I live here in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, which is in Ontario, in Canada, and um, MMA is is illegal in Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, just like it is in New York State. Yes. And uh, they are the UFC has been lobbying the government here, has spent millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and you know I. As we don't. I don't. I'm not on the inside, so I don't know for sure. But I understand that they're they're getting very close to opening it up here in 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 Toronto and, and in Ontario. Yeah. Um, like for for a guy like me, I have to travel five hours to to Ottawa from mm-hmm. Toronto to run a show because the Quebec border is right there, and mm-hmm. we'd actually run out of Ottawa and then jump the Quebec border and run the show on the other side. Mm-hmm. So you know, it makes for for very difficult uh, times for us, yeah. um, not being from from the area and having to travel all these distance just to run our shows. So when it, when you know they spend all of this money to bring this to Ontario, and and in Dana's own words, he thinks that this could be the second or third largest market in in the whole of North America. No, no doubt about it. And and, and I'm going to interrupt you there for a second because he is absolutely correct about that. Canada is a big place, and if you, when you think Canada and you think you know, you have hockey, you have a lot of physical things, you know, uh, you had Stu Hart, who had, who had, when he was alive, he had the dungeon over there, his family, his, his sons deal with that now, but you have a lot of hardcore fans in Canada that adhere to their teams, whether it be hockey or whatever it may be, they adhere to their teams, so if you have, you have mixed martial arts over there, they're going to adhere to the organization, that's what the UFC wants. And that's, that's, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it, it, they're, they're definitely loyal to, to, uh, to the organizations like that, and and um, you know Ontario, Quebec, um, and and maybe Toronto specifically, it's just such a hot spot for MMA. There's you know for a, for a, a province that has that, that the, the sport is illegal, there's got to be a hundred gyms just in the Toronto area, yeah. you know, and and we're producing just uh, tremendous talent. And uh, right now, and this is the problem, is that right now, when you look at the UFC and you look at the fighters who are in the UFC, they all come from Quebec because it's legal in Quebec. Yeah. Your George St. Pierre's, your Patrick Cotes, your Jonathan yeah. Goulet's, all these different guys, uh, David Loazzo, all those guys. So it's um, they're all from Quebec, and it's because it's legal there. So yeah. when you open up Ontario, you wait to see the influx of, of fighters that are, are able to fight day-to-day uh, or weekend-to-weekend. Um, and and build themselves here in Ontario. You're going to see a huge influx of of, uh, of English-speaking Canadian 
uh, fighters in the UFC. No, I, I believe that totally. And, and the thing is, too, you know, I think what was going on in Ontario is like in New York, you know, where you can't, it's illegal to have those type of events over here. But, you know, I think that the UFC, without them, you know, there, there would be no MMA anywhere. I remember uh, in the 90s, they were trying to bring MMA from Thailand, you know, but it, it was like uh, uh, no holes barred fighting. That's what they called it back then. Okay, sure. and they tried to bring it from Thailand into the United States into Florida, and they they got hit with a lot of opposition. There was nowhere to have the event, and they never it never happened. But the UFC paves the way, and they're doing that. Yeah, let them go lobby, let them do do what they have to do. It's gonna it's just a matter of time before they legalize it in New York. It's a matter of time before they legalize it in Ontario. And I, and I tell you this much: once all that happens, you're gonna have. You know, uh, you, as you said, you're going to have an influx of, of fighters from different areas now. It's going to be like, oh, wow, you know, XYZ fighter from Ontario, XYZ fighter from New York. You know, now all of a sudden becomes interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it changes the dynamic of, of my business completely because mm -hmm. right now I'm the only organization that's that's sort of around that, that represents Ontario. Right. Um, we bring in about half of our fighters um, that are that are Ontario fighters. Uh, and the problem is that when you're a – uh, sort of a half-half regional national promotion like we are, yeah. um, w my business is selling seats. Mm -hmm. So when I when I bring in too many outsiders, the seat sales go down because you don't have local guys in, in the shows right. that are selling the tickets. Right. So it's really hard for me to bring a guy from Toronto all the way to Ottawa, for instance, mm -hmm. to, 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 to fight when he's, when he's only going to sell 10 tickets from Toronto that where people will take the travel, as opposed mm -hmm. to if he was in town, he might sell 100 tickets. Right, and then on top of that with these fighters, and this is interesting too because a lot of people think, well, you're a mixed martial artist, that's all you do. These guys have day jobs. They can't just leave for, for, for uh, you know, three, four days to go fight in a, in a different area and that's okay you know they have they have to work you know because you know as at this level you're not making a ton of money well exactly they're not making a living as mixed martial artists uh from me what and 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 we, we when we talk to these guys and negotiate with these guys that's exactly what we're saying listen you're not we're not trying to make you a living right at this point but what we are trying to do is offer you the opportunity to make a living uh in this sport right and that, that that and that's a good that's a good way of doing stuff because as I alluded to earlier or actually said <laughs> that you're giving you're giving your fighters the opportunity same way with the UFC that they actually uh, allow the fighters to create a business within a business because they have the sponsorship they have the T-shirts they have their their fighting organization they have their team there so it's promoting all of that so they create that business within their business but same thing on your end these fighters have the opportunity to actually go and create a name for themselves also begin the foundation for creating a business within a business so when they do move up the ranks and you know if they choose to stay with warrior one that's fantastic because you're just going to continue to grow but if they choose to go to a strike force or ufc whatever it may be you know at least they have everything in order so they're prepared for that absolutely and and for us the way that we look at it is that both of those options are good for us mm -hmm. um when when somebody moves on, every time somebody moves on to a bigger show, it it, it reinforces the fact that we are the conduit to get to these bigger shows, right. and 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 that's what brings in the better and the better talent. Right. Um, you some of these uh, B level shows like ours mm -hmm. um, are the most exciting fights you've ever seen. Yeah. I every every fight that I've ever had 
has been as exciting as the best of the UFCs you've ever seen because these guys are, first of all, they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And second of all, there may still be some holes in their game somewhere. So you, you definitely you get some some really good battles. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's um, it's super exciting to watch. Yeah, but that's good because they get to hone their skills, work on the stuff they need to work on, and get everything in order and, and actually stay with a, a good organization and just show their best stuff. Because, I mean, right now, let me let me ask you something. I'm just curious. Now, right now, are you televised at all? We are, actually. We, uh, there you we're go. On, uh, we're on a, a company called with the called the Score, and the Score is uh, is one of the largest sports networks in in Canada. Um, it's uh, everything's filmed in high definition, so mm-hmm. it's uh, you know when you watch the the UFC or Strike Force, our our production is is identical um, as far as quality is concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as it sits right now, I'm not 100, percent but I think in English speaking North America, we could be the third largest market um, for for televised. I think we have almost eight million people on. On uh, on the two networks that we that we're air on. So what happens is we have we're produ- we're produced by the score, and then uh, second tier it heads down to uh, something called the Fight Network, mm-hmm. and so we have nearly eight million uh, subscribers for that, and uh, um, we're we're super pleased to have them with us because it really helps um, you know with the branding of our company, right. and, and that's sort of how we've become a half national half. Uh, regional promotion because our, our main card is a, is a national level and then our undercard is, is is the regional level. Well, I mean, you have to do that to bring the people in, you know, because at the end of the day, as you said, and it's about putting the asses in the seat. If you can't do that, it's hard to sustain the organization because, you know, it's business one-on-one. You sell tickets, you get money, you have a revenue stream, then you're putting on a great show, you know, Absolutely. And, and that's it. But, you know, you have TV. So now with the fighters, you know, look, the long and short of it, if I, you know, I mean, I can't do that. I, I guess I can do that. But, you know, this is a young man's sport anyway. So you're going in there as a young fighter. You know, you have the opportunity to, to align or be part of Warrior One. You hone your school, skills, you train. All of a sudden, you're fighting. All of a sudden, you're on TV. So chances are, and I'm going to say at a, you know, you have a very good chance that someone, someone from the UFC or Strike Force. And this is very good. I guarantee you that they're watching the show. Reason being is that they have to keep on top of the industry, so they're watching this. They want Absolutely. to see who's coming up. They may not Absolutely. be. They, they may not be saying, "Okay, I'm making it public, saying, well, this is what we're doing.'" But come on, you know, you 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 you're, you're a baseball. Or you're on a baseball uh, team. Yeah, you're doing research on everything else. You 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 have a boxer. You you know, a boxing organization. You're looking at the other boxing organizations. You need to keep up on the industry. So yeah, chances are. I mean, no, this is a dunk shot that they're looking at this, which is good for the fighters. So that's something that they probably don't know, but I'm glad we, we, we're touching on this during the show because they should know what Warrior One is about and what you're doing for them. Absolutely, and and, and, and you're you're exactly right, because if you think that the UFC is any different than Major League Baseball or, or, or the NFL and doesn't have scouts and, you know, searching through tape and, sure. you know, they're all over the Internet, uh, I guarantee you that they are. And then this is probably how they get the majority of uh, of their, their fighters for the Ultimate Fighter television show. Of course they you do. They, they go and they scout around and they get the people, and that's great because, you know, they're bringing the best of the best to the table, and the only way you can do that if you scout. And if you have people looking around saying, well, who's this, who's that? You, know, you may have a fighter that's fighting for you, and maybe they don't want to go to the ultimate fighter. Maybe they didn't even think about it. Maybe they're, they're fighting with you, but they're getting televised, and UFC approaches them. 
or purchase them through you, and that's okay too. Because I mean, you're not looking to compete with the UFC at all. Nope. You're, you're, no, you're looking. I would love for them to come to me and say, "I'd like to take this fighter from you." And I would, even if the person was in an exclusive long-term contract, I would cut that contract and allow them to move on. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's our goal. Right, but you want you want you you your your thing, and, and this is a big thing for Warrior One, is that you're looking out for the best interests of your fighters. And and it really, it really, we are. It it, yeah. it, it sounds uh, like a cliche, but it really, it we we are. It's and it, you know, uh, we tell them up front, this is not something you're going to make a million dollars doing mm-hmm. with us. But what we are going to do is we're going to promote you the best that we can. We're going to get you on television. We're going to get you the fights that that uh, that you need to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to help them win that fight. But mm-hmm. if you continue to win and and we put these fights together, I guarantee you, you will get picked up by somebody. If you do your job in the ring, we'll mm-hmm. do our job outside of the ring. Well, Jack, I'm going to tell you something just in case you know uh, people out there uh, actually um, if they if they had any doubt in their mind that you know Warrior One is a is a top tier organization. What I mean by top tier is that you guys do the right things all around and I see that. And if they had any doubt, they should just look at this show because we only bring decent people, good people on the show. We only bring people that we feel that are doing the right thing in general and have an inspiring story. That's why you're on this show. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's not just about, well, you, you, you're promoting an MMA show. Let's bring you on. No, 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 no. You, you, will, you, will, you will find a limited amount of people Maybe you're one of two organizations that we've had on the show. The only other organization that we may have, if ever it happens, would be the UFC. But beyond that, we're not interested in just bringing people on the show to promote themselves. That's not what it's about. I want I want people to understand the story here because, you know, I want the fighters, your fighters, I want the listeners, your fans, people that, that are following World War I say, hey, you know what, they are doing the best the best they can do they, they, they are doing the best they can do for the fighters they're doing the best that they can do for the industry and I'm, I'm, I'm before um, I know I'm talking a little bit too much but I, I need to say this stuff you know we had uh, you know Phil Morris I don't know if you're familiar with him he was on Smallville and on Seinfeld okay and uh, he said something about acting and, and, I, and I'm going to put that on the MMA world for you, that he says in, in acting, he says, I hold myself personally with the highest integrity. So the, my integrity is what I'm about. Without that, you don't have anything. And I hold my industry in the highest regards. Now with you, your integrity is high. You hold the industry in a high regard. That forces you to, to do the best you can for not only yourself, but for the fighters and the industry as a whole. That's what I want to say to you. Well, I appreciate it, and that's exactly our our sentiment. That's it's exactly what we're what we're doing, and what we're I, what I expect of myself. And right. um, I, I want to, I want to build the sport of MMA. I want to um, you know it comes right down to um, there's uh, there's one other organization that's um, uh, of a similar size to ours, and it's in in Montreal. It's about three hours from from where we run, mm-hmm. and uh, they came in after after our existence, and and the the day that I heard that they were running the show, I found out who was running that show. I, I emailed them up and I said, listen, if there's anything I can do to help you, I would like to keep our relationship in in, in friendly terms and, and in helpful terms as opposed to what you're going to see. There's so much politics in, in MMA oh, yeah. and and uh, I don't want to 
uh, I don't want us to be to be battling each other all the time. It's just it just it's good for no one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and our relationship now has been has been quite good over the past year. Okay, and uh, we we share fighters if we have to, oh, and, good, good, and good. you know, and uh, just everything. And I help promote his shows uh, through our our means through, through Facebook or through our mailing lists and all that sort of stuff. And he does the same, vice versa. And because we're different markets. It doesn't. It doesn't affect either of us in, in negatively in any way to help each other. Right, but nothing prevents you guys as things move on from maybe at some point. You know, you never know what road it's going to take you for both of you. Exactly. exactly. As the Toronto market and the Ontario and all that, the whole market opens up, and I have a feeling that within the next six to twelve months, all that stuff's going to open up. I have. I and, have and that's uh, that's our feeling as well. And and really, we we came into. Uh, existence with the intention of building ourselves in the Quebec market mm-hmm. um, and uh, as a proving grounds and as a, as a test for our, ourselves to make sure that when the Ontario market does open up that we're the man right. and and that and that's really what uh, our goal is is when when the Ontario market opens up we're where we have investors lined up set up ready to go mm-hmm. uh, as soon as that market opens up we're gonna we're gonna go at that full force and um, uh, and really, hopefully, be the uh, the Ontario um, uh, promotion. Right. And when the UFC comes to Toronto, we'll bow our heads and say thank you for coming to town. And when they leave, we'll hold on to their coattails and and make the most of it. So, yeah, but that's what you need to do, and, and that's smart because you're not you're not going in with your chest puffed out, saying, "Well, you're coming into my area now." You know, UFC they they have full reign; they go anywhere they want to go. And actually, you want them to go there. I they, want them to they, be in they Toronto. Bring, they, they bring the, the amount of media extension yep. that they bring to the sport yep. is outrageous. Yep, and, and that, that's fantastic. That's why when they come to New York, it's going to be the same thing. And I, I know, like in New York, that there are organizations that are, are trying to line up to come here to do stuff or trying to build up. But at the end of the day, and you know, New York is a, is a big market, but at the end of the day, the problem there is that you have one of a couple of locations to have an event. One is at the Mass Square Garden. The other one is at the Nassau Coliseum. Other than that, really, I mean, or you can go to the Manhattan Center. Other than that, there really are no big venues to go and have a fight. So I think the UFC will rule New York, no doubt about it. I don't think anyone, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to have a shot with building an organization in New York, no doubt about it. No, and I, and I don't think it would be smart to, to try and build an organization out of New York no. uh, to compete with the UFC in the first place. Now, on the other hand, it doesn't mean that there isn't venues that would hold, um, you know, the six 7,000 range and be an organization the size of what we are. Right. No, but in, in New York, it's uh, the, the, the venues that hold a decent amount, like you don't have too many venues that hold, you know, you know, four or five thousand people, that type of thing. You know, and believe it or not, you don't have a lot of venues that do do that, that uh, that that are geared towards uh, entertainment and sports. You and, know. and you're talking New York City, it's New York City. I'm talking. Yeah. But even yeah. going to Long Island, you do have. I mean, you have some places they may do it in a hotel thing or whatever. You know, but who knows? Sure. You know, but uh, but again, going back to you, you know, when when that whole area opens up. Yeah, Warrior One will be on top of its game there. And you guys, you know, you have a big future ahead of you with, with getting everything done. I like what you're doing. I like how you're handling stuff. That, again, that's why you're on the show because I do like what I see. And I think that, you know, things are going to continue to, to for, forge forward. And really the organization is going to uh, continue to grow. Again, you're not looking to expand on a global scale. But you know what? When that area opens up, you solidify your situation there and you become that territory. 
Exactly, yeah. and then we just want to own our territory and right. and and do our own thing, and and um, you know there'll there'll be battles with with other companies uh, of our size that'll mm-hmm. try to come into to Ontario, and mm-hmm. and of course we will will try and battle them out. But mm-hmm. as far as anybody who isn't in our exactly in our market, we mm-hmm. will absolutely work with them. There's there's some smaller shows that feed us. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're their UFC, for instance, and mm-hmm. and we we work with those guys, and and uh, we we're just we're just happy being. Uh, there's a there is a market where we are. We found that market, and it's it's a niche within uh, uh, within a bigger market, and right. we're we're happy being there, and we're going to stay there, even if we became hugely successful, making millions of dollars. I don't think that I'll change the the business plan on this on this company. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe will expand mm-hmm. um, into into other markets, but I, I think that we'll stay uh, where we are. Um, as opposed to, for instance, like our 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 model, we really modeled ourselves after um, after the Strike Force right. from two years ago, mm-hmm. when they were a regional promotion in 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 California. Right. Um, and and what they've done by by moving into the national level and trying to compete with the UFC. You know, I'm not sure that that was the best move, and mm-hmm. uh, and I hope that they that they fare well. Um, but it's, you know, I, I, when when you piss off <laughs> the UFC uh, and they start counter programming you, and mm-hmm. you know, they they just they, there's just too much. It's such a juggernaut. It's just yeah. there's no way that you can stop them from from crushing you. No, and no. You, you're absolutely correct about that. And I'm going to let you continue to say what you have to say. But I, I you know, because what you're saying is. Absolutely on the money. Just in case anyone had their doubts about the power that the UFC has. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I think that the the acquisition of of Fedor uh, for Strikeforce um, was, in my opinion, was a bad move. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it, it did push them into to the next sort of stratosphere as far as uh, the size of their company and the popularity of their company. But it also really pissed the UFC off. And mm-hmm. and you really don't want to piss them off. No. <laughs> That's for sure. So no. you know, and and I hope that they do that they do well. And I I think there is room for for two organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think that the UFC feels like there's room for two organizations. And and if they don't feel that way, then then they then there won't be two organizations yeah. basically. Well, but, you, but you're right about that. And I'm going to say this, and I, and I keep making the reference to the WWE because the UFC is on that level, no doubt. They're on that level. You know, Dana White, Vince McMahon, the two of the smartest guys in, in that era, in that arena, wrestling and MMA. Uh, and, yeah, if you try to go head-to-head with a billion-dollar company, yeah, you know what? With what they've lined up, you know, you're going into their into their sandbox. And exactly. they, they, and they it's don't been like proven it. over and over again. Sure, you know, if you, if you look, if you take MMA because because of the um, I guess you know the uh, the history. You know, MMA for what it is now is a UFC creation. Period. The end. This Absolutely. is this is how it happened. Now, and I, I keep making reference to this, but WWE way back when there were territories throughout the United States, they went and gobbled everybody up. Became a national organization. Every organization. They tried to go national, to go head-to-head with them. They got gobbled up, and they got thrown out of business. No amount of money was able, no amount of money behind them. Even Ted Turner was behind WCW, and that organization fell. Now, with UFC, look, look what happened. Look what happened with Affliction, a mistake, a stupid mistake, and I'm saying it, a stupid mistake on their end by putting them, you know, in a corner. The UFC said, okay, well, you know what? Now you can now you have a choice. Either you go and you get sued for a trillion dollars, or you let us buy you out and then you walk away. And yeah. and that that's what happened. Strike force, you know, again, 
were they better as a regional? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, I, I wouldn't unless you have, unless you have. I'm going to say eh, probably in the vicinity of 100 million or so behind you. Going be going head to head with the UFC is 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 uh, not the smartest thing in the world. You know, you, you may think, you know, hey, you know what? I'm going to do it because we can do it. We have a great organization, but. As you said, counter-programming, things like that, marketing, marketing one-on-one. -on -one. If you can't get people there to watch you and put the, the uh, asses in the seat, you know, chances of you surviving are slim to none because you're not going to get the sponsorship dollars that are going to back you up. Exactly, and and the, the money that you have to put out in fighter salaries, just and this is what what happened. I I believe with with affliction is you're paying a guy like Fedor, and you're paying they were paying ridiculous money. Uh, they were paying millions of dollars to Fedor. They paid Orlovsky a million and a half. They paid Ben Rothwell. I think they paid him five hundred thousand mm. dollars. You know when these guys would be making in DOC even they would be making a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand mm dollars -hmm. at the most, mm -hmm. and uh, to be paying guys. Uh, millions of dollars. I think mm -hmm. that their purse was up near four million dollars. Mm -hmm. And if you're not putting twenty thousand people in a stadium, you're not going to cover that for seats. And if you don't have millions of dollars in advertising, mm -hmm. uh, you just it just just does, the numbers just don't line up. Right. You know, and you can't force it. It's not. Uh, you know, I really found this out in this sport. It's not if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work that way. Nope. You know, you can you can put. A, I, I could put together. I could bring Fedor in. Mm -hmm. And I and in, into the to the Bell Center and the twenty one thousand people in Montreal, and I, I don't even think I could make money. No, you, you, <laughs> you would know? lose. You would lose your shirt on that deal because you know something. If anything that Vince McMahon of the WWE taught me, what he taught me is that it's not it's not the wrestler, and the same thing with Dana White. It's not the the, the mixed martial artist or the wrestler that makes the organization. It's the organization that makes you who you are. So if you're not, if if you think that you can stand alone and be the biggest star in the world, go right ahead. But without an organization to to go with, what's going to happen? Hey, give it a couple of years. You know what? You're going to be the guy that says, "Oh yeah, he used to be," as opposed yep. to "Yeah, he is." You know, yep. so that that that's a big thing there. That's why you know. Uh, that that whole thing with with going head to head with UFC, I think, is a big mistake. And I, and I, and I think what you're doing is on the money. It's gonna, you know is going to give you longevity. It's great for your fighters. You're putting on a quality show. You have TV. You have all this stuff going on, Jack. And and you know the bottom line is you and Ian, you guys, you know, put this together. Yeah, and it's uh yeah Ian, you know it's a funny story. I'll give you a little bit of background on on the whole thing. Um, Ian and I were actually working for uh, another organization. And, and I'm going to interrupt you one time, but that's Ian Brewster, just for our listeners to be aware. <laughs> yeah, Ian Brewster is uh, is the my chief operations officer, and uh, he's uh, he's a brilliant man. He's a he's a, a PhD in physics. Um, and and he's in MMA. It's just it's hilarious. He's uh he's such a he's a, he's almost a genius. And and for him to be in this sport is is just so um, not expected. Right. But uh, he he's, he loves the sport and 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 loves to uh, uh, to help out. And and just to give you an idea of how how the whole W one sort of started. Uh, w one we we call Warrior One W one mm -hmm. for short term. Um, uh, we were both working with another an organization, and we were kind of getting dicked around by by these guys. Mm -hmm. And it was only by by uh, by chance we were sitting at a boxing fight, uh, and we sat down side by side and we were talking. And uh, we both realized at that point that we were getting sort of really uh, not, you know not treated properly with these guys. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, 
well, if that's the case, then why don't we just go out and start our own, you know? Right. So and that's exactly what we did. And, and uh, you know, he's been there since, since day one. And, and it's been um it's been a it's been a hard road you know this uh, i had investors line up to start the first show about a month before the first show the investors pull out i i problem is i've already booked fighters i've already booked venues i've already done everything yeah. i went and mortgaged my house to put the first show on See like that? i've put everything into this mm-hmm. i'm uh, you know i i'm completely leveraged in this company and that's why i work so hard to make sure that it works Right, but then you know what? And a lot of people won't, don't hear that. They don't hear that end of it. They they only see the end result. They see what you what you have on TV. They don't hear about you mortgaging your house to to keep the show going. They don't hear exactly. about you and your and your and your 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 wife and you know arguing because of you know of what you're doing. You know they don't hear all this stuff because no, these, these are the sacrifices that you make to make make your organization what it is, and the fighters should appreciate that. And if they yeah. don't, I'm, I'm telling them, I'm saying it right now, if they don't, they're morons because wow. this is an opportunity. And again, I know that they do, but I'm just saying if they don't, I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it was, it was a huge risk for me, but this is, it was a dream of mine and, and, and worth taking. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'm still young. I'm, all, I'm only 30 and, and I don't have kids. And, and you know, I, I figured, you know what, if, if it completely fails and I lose everything, well, you know what, I still have a good electrical business and, and I can fall back on that and I can make my money back in a few years and, and and it just puts me a few years behind. But it, you really you can't become somebody if you don't try. Right. And 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 that's just basically what I've done. I'm I'm just trying to 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 change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I will. I like the lifestyle of a of a, a mixed martial arts promoter. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to crawling around in in a, in a hundred degree you know attic, mm-hmm. putting in pot lights. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sitting at a computer and and doing phone interviews is is a lot more fun. Yeah, but but I, but but but, uh, but I also know something, Jack. That even if you know Warrior One is is it is going to take. See, and this is what people need to understand that you you have TV, you have all this stuff. So you are so you're there that you know once the Ontario market opens, then it's it's like it's game on at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Game on in, in, in so many different ways. But I know, look, knowing the type of person you are. You're not going to give up the electrical thing. You probably still have that going on. Just oh, I certainly do. <laughs> certainly do. And I, I'm, I've, I've always got a plan B. You can't yeah. let plan B go because, um, you know, I've got uh, this. The thing about the MMA business and the, and the MMA world is that anything can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, it's possible that this thing could go tits up uh, for an, a thousand different reasons. Mm-hmm. And you need to be sure that you're that, that you. You know, you haven't put all your eggs in that basket, sure. and uh, you know we don't intend that to happen. But it's happened to the IFL, it's happened to Elite XC, it's happened, you know, to Affliction all in the last two years. And I can I can name five other organizations in Canada that have gone down in in similar fashions, um, organizations that were trying to be what we are. Yeah, but you know something, and I'm going to correct you on that because those Elite XC and all that other stuff. They weren't trying to do what you're doing. What what they were trying to do is become competition for the UFC. That is the mistake. Absolutely, and 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 I learned from those mistakes. Absolutely, yeah. and it's a, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely tough, and I I think that there really isn't um anybody in my market that is. Um, a show of our size. I think what you're looking at for for our competition, maybe in the states, and they run a lot more shows than we do, and they have a lot more money. But the, the very similar size would be Bellator, mm-hmm. and uh, and doing I think a very similar thing where they're where they're you know they've got their own niche market where they're not looking to become mm-hmm. 
um, you know, what a league at XC was or what Affliction was. They're just looking to, to, to do what they're, what they're doing, which is running shows at, at the same kind of level that we are. Yeah, keep a nice, nice, uh, friendly relationship with the UFC, not crossing them and doing what you need to do. And there's not, there's no shame in doing that because this is not about puffing your chest out. It's a, it's business. And, and no, exactly. You, you're like, you can't have, uh, 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 a million dollar, a computer manufacturing company, and I say, okay, well, I'm going to go and go head to head with Microsoft today. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to no, happen. Exactly. You, you build exactly. up, you build up over a number of years, and you build up to what you need to build up to, no doubt about it. And it'll go where it's going to go. But you can't come out the box and say, okay, even if you have your regional organization for a while, and say, okay, you know what? Now we're going to go national, but you still have the same budget as a regional organization. You can't do it. It's not going to yeah, work. Yeah, it's just not possible. And, and 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 really, what it comes down to is your ego will kill you. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's uh, and well, there's just no welcome to an no, ego-driven organiz- uh, uh I guess uh, you know, uh, area. Really. You know, yeah, it's an industry. Yeah, the <laughs> industry is definitely ego-driven, and it's it's um, it's just it's a killer. And you know, people mm-hmm. see us for one day. We put a show on every three months, mm-hmm. and. For one day, they see us, this glamorous thing, you're on TV, you're in your tuxedo, boy, it must be nice to be you. Mm-hmm. But they, they they really don't see, you know, all the behind the scenes uh, that really just isn't glamorous. You know, mm-hmm. me sitting at a desk in front of a computer for 10 hours a day for three months, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't seem too glamorous. Yeah, so a, There's a lot of hardship involved, but you know what? At the end of the day, you know, you're creating something for the fans. You're creating uh, a situation for the fighters to, to show their stuff, the fans to get a great product, and you're building an organization that, you know, I know is going gonna to be here for some time. Now, Jack, you have, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, the the, uh, the industry. We talked a lot about Warrior One. Now, I know that your, your next event, is a biggie, and that that's happening on October 10th, uh, which is not this Saturday, Saturday next Saturday. That's correct. Okay, yeah. and and it's a big event. Uh, why don't you tell us about that? Because I want our listeners to, then all the fans of Warrior One, to hear about what's going on. We are uh, again, like you said, October the 10th. We're running. Uh, our third installment for 2009, mm-hmm. and um, we, we we're putting together our main card um, that we put together is easily the biggest card in Canadian history outside of the UFC coming to town. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're I'm super excited about uh, about our main event, which is uh, former UFC World Champion Carlos Newton is taking on Mr. International Shoney Carter. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Shoney is, he was a six-time UFC veteran. He's a WEC champion. He's the king of the cage champion. Uh, and he was also on season four of The Ultimate Fighter. And uh, he's uh, he's got about 75 fights, I think, right now. And uh, is um, really looking forward to this fight because it's, uh, it's really a fight that should have happened in the UFC mm-hmm. five years ago when they were both there. And mm-hmm. it just... For whatever reason, never sort of materialized, right. and uh, uh, both of these guys are really uh, chomping at the bit to get at each other. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, but that, that's going to be a good that's going to be a good main event. You know, it's going to be uh, it's going to knock the socks off your fans. I'll tell you that much, and that, that that's going to boost up the ratings of your show as well. Absolutely, and 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 this is uh, you know bringing in fights of that sort of level is what. Um, is what sort of makes us that half-half regional uh, national promotion because anybody could could sit there now and watch 
on television and and know the you know know those two fighters and relate to those two fighters. But that also helps your 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 the rest of your card you know get get recognition out there as well. Who else you have? What are the matches you have? Yeah, so we have uh, Remy Morvin, who uh, he was at, is actually out of Ottawa. is six and zero right now, and uh, is fighting uh, uh, Adrian Woolley uh, for our bantamweight title. Okay. And these two guys are Adrian Woolley used to be the TKO um, champion, and now okay. TKO was the the a huge organization out of out of Montreal that actually went defunct uh, in the past twelve months. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, these two guys are. In, in my opinion, the by far the best two 135ers in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And once this fight is done, we'll know who the best one is. Mm-hmm. And I, the shame of, the, of of it for us is that we may lose one of those guys to to the WEC or you know to one of these other organizations after this fight because um, both of these guys are are really top notch. Wooly is a is a you know nearly Olympic level wrestler mm-hmm. and uh and Remy is is uh, a jiu-jitsu wizard he trains um at the uh, Ottawa Academy of Martial Arts which mm-hmm. is tied in and they they ship their guys down to see uh Greg Jackson and he's been down there training for for 6 weeks I think to, mm-hmm. for this fight and and uh so these guys are taking this very very seriously and mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be fireworks it's going to be and especially these light lightweight guys I I loved the, the lightweight uh, divisions. You got swift so action. Much, so much action. Yeah, absolutely. So much action. You know, grappling's quick, slipping out, going in, quick kicks, punches. Yeah, you have a lot of lightning stuff going on, no doubt about right. it. You know, exactly. but now, I mean, so that you you think that one of your fighters is going to wind up leaving, huh? Well, I think I, I think that this really positions them to be to be picked up by somebody else. And if somebody else didn't didn't pick them up, I'd be disappointed to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because I, I do believe that either of these guys already belong in the, in in something like the WEC. Okay. And uh, right, so this is a good thing. This is not you know absolutely, yeah, and, okay. and it's it's sad for us because we don't get to see them anymore. But it's it's good for it's good for the fighter, and that's what we're here for. Right. So. Um, but the thing is, you know, no matter what, even though they move forward and and they're their careers, you know, they're still part of the Warrior One family, probably for the rest of their lives, which is a good thing. And and we hope that they, uh, you know, we hope that they have that that type of loyalty. And and you know, it's something that we haven't talked about is, for instance, you know, when you when we ship a guy off and he heads to the UFC, your your lifespan in the UFC, unless you're the top dog, is is quite short. You know, mm-hmm. it's only a couple of years. Right. So. For us, if we were able to send a guy to the UFC, build him up, get him into the UFC, becomes quite popular, and then well, for whatever reason he leaves the UFC, well, then we hope that they come back to us, right. and and then we can use you know what what the UFC has built, which we built for them, they build back for us, and and then we use those guys. That, so that's the name. You know, of the it's, game. it's it's a vicious circle. Yeah, it's a vicious circle. So. Yeah, but, but that's the name of the game because if you're you know they build up, you let them go, and it's like letting the bird out. You know, hey, you let let them free. If if they come back, they come back. Um, exactly. But you know, they they they're all and all these fighters are given an opportunity to to be showcased, and I, I would hope, and it would be you know, I I think it'd be very um, disrespectful. I, I think it would actually suck if if uh, they didn't hold your organization in the highest regard with the way you treat them. Um, and and I'm saying that yes, I'm saying that on my show because I I I do understand that you know in, in mixed martial arts when you have a lot of promoters out there. Or some promoters. I don't know what promoters there are, but you know we only uh, have a select few promoters that we bring on the show, and you're one of them, Jack. But you have a lot of promoters out there that don't do the right thing for the fighters. Now, if they're not doing the right thing for the fighters, and the fighter 
aligns with Warrior One, and they don't think you're doing the right thing, you know, it's it's like you don't like it here. Go see if the grass is greener. All that's going to happen, you may find find grass that's 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 brown. Okay, that's, <laughs> you know, but you, that's but, exactly right. And you know, we 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 try to do right by everybody, and and, mm-hmm. and it's not going to always be the case in the future that that mm-hmm. we're going to do right by everybody. But it's it, what it's our intention in the first place was definitely going to be it's going to be good. So, okay. well, that's, uh, that's good. so so what what other matches do you have going on that, uh, that yeah, should be highlighted? Yeah, so we have our our. Superstar for heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's actually a French Canadian. He fights out of out of Montreal. His mm-hmm. name is uh, Jose Brunel, mm-hmm. and this guy is one of my favorite fighters that I have in the organization because he's so marketable. Mm-hmm. We, I like to call him my my Canadian Czech Congo. He has he looks identical to him, mm-hmm. and he's so intense in the ring, and he's such a good striker. Um, he, I, he's, he's fought for us twice already, and in both shows, uh, finished um, in the f- very first round with massive knockouts against really solid opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, the the last fight that he had, he had fought uh, uh, another Canadian organization's uh, champion and knocked him out in, in two minutes of mm-hmm. the first round. Right. And um, uh, so we're really excited to have to have him on the card, and uh, and he's really starting to to draw a lot. And and once we again, once people start to see him on on television, he's he's going to uh, to really make a name for himself. So we're really excited about that. And, and we've got. And, uh, and he's he's your heavyweight champion now. No, he's not our champion, but he, uh, we don't actually don't have a heavyweight champion yet. We're uh, we're working towards that in in 2010. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, at some point, uh, I. You know, I'm pretty confident that he has the the abilities to get to that championship uh, level and win that uh, and win that title. Well, you know, if he does that, you know, he makes history. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you can only be the first one time. <laughs> it's like you, exactly you, right. You can only, you know, like a woman, a woman. You know, when you're a guy, you know, when you get when you have relations for the first time, that that's one time. You can only do that once. That's it. Okay, you know, you pop your cherry one time, you become the champion one time. People, if Warrior One's around for the next 50 years, you know, they'll say, well, who's the first champion? That's and, right. They, well, who's the 10th champion? I don't know, but I know who the first one is. So it's it's his, right. it's, histor- it's a, 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 a historic thing for the person that does claim that title. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's a, you know, we're, we've got a, we got a ton of other guys. Uh, we got a guy, uh, Sean Pearson. Um, you guys may not know who he is, but he's, uh, he's tearing up the the Canadian mixed martial arts team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, he's won his last three fights uh, by by TKO. He's he's uh, one of the the best wrestlers that uh, that the country has. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, again, another guy that I think I might get a fight or two out of, and and probably get picked up by by one of these organizations, and and really should be because um, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm having a hard time finding guys that want to fight fight them in Canada. We're mm-hmm. we're actually flying guys in from the states to fight them because we we just don't have anybody. Everybody knows who he is and won't touch him. Wow. And uh, it's uh, it gets expensive for us, but uh, but you, you do what you got to do to make sure that these guys uh, you know continue to build their name and mm-hmm. and uh, and do well. Yeah, but see that so, that's again that's another example of what you do for your fighters. You know you know ha- you know when you have your matchmaker trying to put together a match and he can't get a match for your fighter, he has to go outside of your comfort zone to go bring someone in. So at least that fighter has a match because people want to see him fight. 
Exactly right, and 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 then a guy like like Sean ha- has to be on my card. It's just just no question. I'll, I'll fly the guy in from wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's very important to me that that he is on that card because again, he needs to get a certain amount of fights in this year um, just to to keep uh, you know sort of the ball rolling. He, mm-hmm. You know, these guys they train and and uh, they have sort of their cycles that they go through as far as training and fighting, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't want to interrupt that. So mm-hmm. we'll do we'll do we'll bend over backwards to get him uh, to get him a match. And uh, and we have. I think, well, so. I think that's great. I think that's great because again, it just shows what you're doing for your fighters. Now, do you have any other uh, highlight? Uh, any high highlighted fights that uh, that are happening on the 10th? Uh, absolutely. This uh, we have a, a lightweight fight, or a, I guess this is a, a featherweight fight mm-hmm. uh, at 145 pounds. Now, this is a this is a fight that's that's a little bit closer to my heart. Than than maybe some of the others because uh, both of these fighters we've we've built from zero. Right. They they had their very first fights with us and now they're in for they're up to their title shot mm-hmm. and it's just been fantastic to see the growth um, of both of these guys uh, over the the past couple of years uh, and I'm talking about uh, Tom Waters versus Mike Hong and they're actually their um, third from the top for on uh, on the card and. Um, these these are you know a guy like for instance let's talk about Tom for a second. Here's a guy who who was um, you know uh, an excellent amateur fighter. Um, I saw him fight in Chicago uh, several times. Uh, he was the king of the ring champion for amateur in Chicago at 155 pounds. And when I brought him in uh, originally, we brought him in at 155 pounds to, to Warrior One, and and uh, he destroyed his, his his opponent. And I mm-hmm. I looked at him. I said. You know, I I think you can make 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he says, "Oh, there's no way." I walk around on 175 pounds, and I said, mm-hmm. "No, I, I I think you can do it." And here he is, uh, uh, you know, in in June comes back at 145 pounds, makes weight. The guy's massive for 145 pounds, mm-hmm. and he's really changed, uh, you know, his his training. He's he's got personal trainers now. He's really turned himself into a professional. Mm-hmm. And the amount of growth that I've seen in him in the last eight or nine months is astonishing and uh you know that's a name that n- mm-hmm. nobody's going to know and uh, i'm willing to put you know donuts to dollars that eventually you will know who he is at 145 pounds yeah but that, that's that's great because you again you gave him the opportunity to groom as a professional so i think you know someone like that will at some point get the attention of a ufc or a wec it's going to happen Absolutely, and Thanks and enough. you know we did everything in our power with with our with our fighters. We have uh, we have personal trainers, and when a, when a fighter comes to me and says you know that that he's looking to change and and looking to become better, we actually set them up. I don't pay for it, but we do set them up with these guys and and make sure that they get the right trainers and and uh, to to better everyone. And um, the the, uh, the advantages to having uh, strength trainers um, is so apparent to me now. Um, you know, and I've been in this sport for, for eight years, and, and only in the last couple, I've really realized the the difference that these guys can make, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, it's tremendous. And I I, I think that uh, uh, this this Mike Hong uh, Tom Waters fight uh, will uh, will really go down. It'll, it'll go down in history because there'll be um, uh, one of these two guys will be the uh, the lightweight champion and mm-hmm. uh, or the, the featherweight champion, and and I really do think again. 
we'll move on uh, at some point and uh, and make a name for themselves. I think it's going to happen sooner than later because you're giving them the platform to do that. Uh, and I, you have some great matches there, Jack, and I know that the 10th of October is going to be uh, a banner show for you guys, no doubt about it. You, I mean, you're making history with the, the with the dream UFC uh, type of match, um, a matchup that that you have in in, um, in your your highlight match uh, with um, with uh, your, your guys, uh, Shoney Carter and uh, Carlos Newton. You know that right there is going to be interesting. Okay, but yeah, and we're we're super looking forward to that one, and I think that uh, that that's what's going to help with mm -hmm. our television ratings. I think that people will tune in mm -hmm. uh, to to catch that because it, we don't do pay per view; we do live free television. You know, so it uh, um, it's just there's no reason not to tune in. If you, if you have the score, mm -hmm. then great, and if you don't, and then you order the sports package, and and you know when when you get your your sports network, you get your ESPNs and your TSNs, and mm -hmm. and the score is packaged in with that, and um, you know I'm. Uh, those guys are, are are really helping us as far as pushing pushing our product and mm -hmm. and um, you know I see nothing but good things for us in the future. Well, I think you have a lot of great things going on now with the with the show on uh, October tenth, two thousand nine, which is a Saturday. Uh, how can um, I mean? Can you give us the location of the the the, uh, the show? Because I, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't ask you that, which was stupid on my part. But you know, we need to get that information so our listeners know if they're going to be in the area. You know, to go do it and how they can get tickets and your website. Give us that information. All right. So it's October the 10th. We're at the Robert Gertan Arena in Gatineau, which is literally across the river from Ottawa. Uh, and uh, you can get your tickets at ticketmaster.ca, not .com, .ca. Mm -hmm. And um, if, you, uh, if you don't want to go there, you go to our website, which is w1mma.com. Okay. And, and on w1mma.com, they can also find out about the fighters and get information and so on and so forth, right? The, that, the, the website's quite comprehensive. We have, we have uh, fighter profiles, you know, videos. You can buy tickets there. You can, uh, you know, we can go into our new uh, W1 store. You can purchase W1 gloves, and, mm -hmm. and, and our clothing line is coming out cool. uh, actually this week. Excellent. So, yeah, it's uh, there's there's uh, all kinds of stuff on there, and it's uh, uh, and if you haven't been to, uh, to a fight, um, at this level, I, I really, really uh, stress that you should do that in one day. If you like sitting there watching The Ultimate Fighter or, or the UFC on TV, you're really missing out if you haven't been to a live show. Right. And if you can't afford to go to the UFC, well, you know, it's a whole lot cheaper to go and see us, and you're going to be just as entertained, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah, and then, again, you're, you're going to be televised, so, again... You know, uh, fans that go there, hey, you know what? You'll be probably be on TV at some point too. <laughs> exactly. You, you right. can be the uh, you can be a Warrior One or or a W One uh, girl and go and start jumping around, and I'm sure you'll get attention. <laughs> you know, that stuff never hurts. But Jack, you know, I want to thank you so much for coming on the UCW Radio Show today. Um, I, I I have no doubt. No doubt in my mind that you know, just based on what I knew and what I what I know now from you on this uh, on the show, that uh, Warrior One W One will become will become a staple in 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 that area. Will become a staple in Canada. Will be what other organizations in that area aspire to be. I, I love you the way your business model is. I love what you're looking to do. I love the fact that you're not trying to compete 
with a big dog. You're, you're satisfied with being the big fish in a smaller pond. You know, it doesn't hurt with your longevity. Okay, and, and that's what it comes down to. You want longevity for your organization and for your fighters. Uh, I think you and, uh, along with Ian Brewster, you guys, you, know, you have the formula to make everything happen. Uh, one thing that I like to do is have you and Ian on the show again at some point in the very near future uh, so that we can follow your, your rise to the top of uh, Canada's MMA world and uh, probably beyond that, but we'll just stick with the Canada's MMA world if that's okay with you. Fantastic, and I appreciate uh, you having us on the show and, and helping us uh, promote it. Oh, no no doubt about it. As I said, and I said this earlier, and this is uh, so true, that we are very particular on, uh, I mean, not, not so much, well, with the fighters, too. We just want, you know, good people, inspirational people on the show, but also with the promoters. If we bring a promoter on the, on the show, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar that they're decent people. We won't have any 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 just random promoters on the show to promote their event. That's not what this is about. This is about a story about Jack Bateman, what you've done, the sacrifice you made, and where you're at right now and where Warrior One is. This is what the show was about today, and I think we uh, did a good job in telling that story. I think you did a good job telling that story. Thanks for having me. You, you you got it, Jack, and I'm sure that uh, next, well, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, you're going to have a blockbuster event. I, I want to hear about it, so make sure you get back to me so that um, so that we can uh, we can follow up with you on that. Absolutely. Okay, great. All right, coming up on the UCW radio show, we have international supermodel and delisted mainstay Phoebe Price. We have Damon Wilson, a.k.a. Lamont from Sanford and Son. Uh, we have Last Chance for Animals. You may have seen him on the Dog Whisperer, Chris DeRose. He's a great guy. Uh, we have Australian author uh, Suzanne Leal. Uh, she's going to be on the show. Uh, we also have current fighters on the Warrior One MMA card that's going to be happening on October 10, 2009. Former UFC world champion Carlos DeRonan Newton and Mr. International. Shoney Carter. They're going to be on the show, and that that, that should be interesting. If if you uh, if you agree with me, Jack, that should be that should be very interesting. <laughs> I I definitely do because Shoney is uh, uh, one of the most entertaining people I've ever met. Yeah, well, he's he's going to bring a little flash and pizzazz to the UCW radio show, and uh, we and we also have a very special guest coming on this week. Uh, this is, he's a TV and film producer, uh, he's a famed the Hollywood mainstay, and his name is Brett Hudson, I'm honored to have him on the show at some point this week, uh, and yes, that is Kate Hudson's uncle, and he is uh, part of the Hudson brothers, so he has a lot to say, and it's going to be a very interesting show. So you can just go to the UCWmagazine.com, uh, you can go to that website, that's UCW uh, official website. You can go there and find out more about who's going to be on the show, what's happening, and listen to the shows that we had, and find out more about uh, some of the awesome guests that we have on the show. What is your major motherfucker? All that be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.